We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hi, everybody. It is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you late, late Wednesday night after the NBA draft. Josh, how are you? I am I'm doing pretty well. I think I'm doing as good as I can do considering, uh, as I have told Kirk, offline, <laughs> well, on Slack, that I've been barely sleeping and then sleeping with a 55-pound pit bull in my bed kicking sure. me every night, so... Sure. I am tired, but I am good. I am ready for some takes. So, for anybody that is unaware, the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> just had what I kind of contend to be their most raucous draft night in that I can really remember, to be quite honest with you. The Luka draft, everything happened with Luka before the draft. Like, we knew that the Mavericks were going to pick him because in 2018, things were really telegraphed. In this draft, there has been so much variance as, you know, Ryan and then Cosmos and I discussed on previous episodes this week that a lot of crazy stuff could happen and a lot of crazy stuff did happen. Um, Let's just review one piece of news at a time and go back and forth here. So with the 18th overall pick, the Dallas Mavericks somehow had their pick of a variety of options that we were all kind of hoping for. Like the the Dallas Morning News, Brown Towns, Brad Townsend had reported that they were very interested in Sadiq Bay and Josh Green. They ended up taking Josh Green at 18 overall. Um, the reactions to that pick and our Mavs Moneyball Slack were disgruntled, is I guess what you would say. Uh, we settled at a different place eventually just because – uh, you know, at, at a certain point, you need to move on and not be married to your to your take. But then, Josh, why don't you talk about what what happened next? Yeah. So then, um, you know, I think we were Mavs Moneyball staff was all in agreement for Desmond Bain at 18. And then watching as slowly but surely uh, the draft creeps closer to Dallas at 31 and Bain is still on the board. And we're all just kind of crossing our fingers and, and lighting candles and, you know, sitting in prayer circles and doing whatever we had to do <laughs> to, to try to get Bane at 31. Cause I think everyone, even those of us uh, on the site who had an issue with green, if they got Bane at 31, it would almost be like, <laughs> I was so ready to tweet, like, oh, I'm really happy with this Mavericks draft picking Bane at 18 and Josh green at 31. <laughs> um, Cause yeah. like, that's kind of how you could justify it. Um, but then, you know, Boy, the Memphis Grizzlies, man. God, they they trade up. They once again get another 
stud player uh, toward the bottom of the draft. They got Brandon Clark last year after everyone overlooked him because of his age. Now they get Desmond Bain at 30. They literally jump right up right before the Mavericks pick at 31, trade with the Celtics. They get Desmond Bain. Uh, then, then there's kind of the twofer because Oklahoma City traded up at 17 to get Poku, which was another uh, Mavs Moneyball favorite. So basically our two favorite players, the, the staff's two most favorite players of the draft got swooped right before them with trades, uh, picking right before them. So I was pretty mad. I was pretty upset uh, just the way that unfolded. Right. Because uh, I was such a – I just – Bane just feels like such a no-brainer pick to me that I just could not conceive how you could not take him uh, when you consider what the Mavericks need uh, on this roster. A lot of teams passed on him. And a yes, lot of teams yes. that, that needed some shooting passed on him. So there's – maybe there's something we don't know. You never yeah. know. And then and then uh, Tyrell Terry gets picked with the Mavericks 31st pick, and I'm like, wait. A team that has Seth Curry, a team that might have JJ Brea, a team that might have Trey Burke, a team, a team that can like get small guards for nothing any day of the week because that's like they're what they're good at, and they draft. You know they have Jalen Brunson, and they drafted another small guard that can't play defense and can shoot it. Like I was very very confused, even if the value made sense. Like it was just very weird. And then of course it makes sense. Like 15 minutes later, and the Mavericks are trading Seth Curry to the Philadelphia 76ers for Josh Richardson and the 36 pick. Uh, it instantly makes the tie, uh, the Terry pick make sense. And I think it, that move really kind of, it was kind of a stunner. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and it really, it really put the whole draft into perspective. I think even for someone like me who is still not the biggest fan of the green pick, it at least the vision of this draft after that trade makes total sense. And I can't really yeah. fault the Mavericks for it. Yeah. There's a lot of execution of a plan going on. So then with the 36 pick who they ended up taking was Tyler Bay, who is by all accounts an outstanding athlete and defensive wing who, who really gives a lot of, of, of potential. So, rewinding a bit let's look at you know just talking about who they took overall they took josh green of arizona tyler bay of stanford and um tyler bay from university of colorado uh which the fact that they went all pac-12 is wild to me because pac-12 is kind of a bad basketball conference but these are these are really interesting players and like you said there's there's a real clear vision involved tyler uh tyrell terry is going to be a fan favorite I didn't really know anything about him. I've heard Bill Simmons talking about him forever. Uh, just people seem to be really infatuated with him as a human. And then how he plays basketball, um, it's not he, – he gives people visions of how Steph Curry plays. Not Seth Curry, Steph Curry. But it's primarily because of his shot size. He's an outstanding shooter. Jay Billis said on the on the ESPN broadcast that he shot 58% coming off of screens, which is just preposterous. Um, there's there's really a lot to to be interested in there, though it makes me wonder how they can even play him because he is apparently 160 to 170 pounds. That that is like <laughs> like that's the size of like an eighth grader. Like I, I don't know what to do with that in particular. Then so so I probably should have led with Josh Green. Josh Green was a, 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 a he's going to be, I think, a, an interesting polarizing prospect because he really I think he needs minutes. And I'm not sure where, you know, the Mavericks are going to have to give him minutes. And and, you know, at University of Arizona, he had put up some pretty good stats. One of my my very good friends who I play uh, video games with all the time and is a big UA guy basically described him as an outstanding bas- uh, athlete and eh, basketball player. But if you're asking a guy who's playing again with Luka Doncic, Porzingis, who, you know, stands an opportunity to be like an eighth man in a rotation, you can worry about some of that stuff. This is where at 18, the Mavericks had to take a, they they opted to take a swing on someone. We wanted them to take Bain because he's plug and play. But if you look at what Green can do, his physical profile, his tools, He's much more likely to be a long-term starter than than Bain would be, uh, at least in terms of profile, because uh, there's a pretty good age gap there. And then the last guy, Tyler Bay, somebody who I should have paid more attention to, but I just the the likelihood that the Mavericks would ever use both draft picks 
we talked about it a lot because we wanted to churn out coverage and we wanted to write about players, but <laughs> our staff never considered that they would use both, let alone have three. When was the last time the Mavericks had a three picks in a draft and B, uh, Oh, you know, this one and B did not use, uh, did not trade down in a draft. Well, the not trade down. I mean that that one I have no idea about. But the 2012 yeah, draft where they got Jared Cunningham, he of oh, the yeah. Oregon State trash fire, <laughs> Jay Crowder, and then Sarge. Uh, that was the last time they had three. Um, and that was just it's just such a different feeling. Obviously, we have hindsight to look back on, but that draft felt bad at the time. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it was just like, what are you doing? I walk out of this one feeling really. You know, I'm going to let you, I, I want to, you wrote a column tonight. So I want you to kind of fire off some of your takes there. And then I have one and I, I want to see if they overlap because you and I did not talk before this because we wanted to save everything for the pod. Um, I will say like, I still think that there is a good chance that the Bane green decision could slightly haunt them, especially now mm-hmm. that he's in Memphis and they're going to have to see him mm-hmm. four times a year for a while. Um, but having said that, as I alluded to earlier, I can respect the fact that the Mavericks had a clear vision of what they wanted to do. And I appreciate the fact that they clearly saw the same weaknesses that we all saw. Uh, and we, mm-hmm. they were not diluted by the moxie that uh, Maxi Kleba showed defending Kawhi Leonard. They were not uh, confused with Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, being the lone guy, but saying, ah, he can handle it. Um, it was really good to see that the Mavericks acknowledged their wing depth problem because there's always, you know, we see it, uh, but there's always a chance, you know, maybe they thought that they needed another guard or maybe they need more offense or they need a big, you don't know till, till it happens. You know, uh, we don't, we can't predict these things as well as we want to all the time. So the fact that the Mavericks emphatically, you know, not just sort of, they emphatically addressed their weakest position on the roster is really good to see and i like i said i cannot argue the vision and i cannot argue the plan and i can't really argue the you know the execution like they came into this night going you know what our wing depth sucks we've got one Mm -hmm. guy on the entire roster that can guard wing scores and he's probably being overextended as is uh let's fix that they got three guys that could potentially be high level wing defenders for the next three to four years and that's huge. That's big. They got three guys that can play that are that can play in the perimeter that aren't undersized. They're not guys that you're going to be like, well, you know, well, we need to move this guy over here and this guy over there. We got a cross match over here. No, they got three guys who could be defensive badasses. One who is very reliable, you know, one who is a proven uh, badass in Josh Richardson, and two that you hope to develop. And when you have a second star on a huge max contract and your first star is about to is not that far away from signing his second contract, which will be a monster contract. Having two cost controlled wing talents like these two on your, on your roster. That's what you need, man. That's the league. This is a wing league. It's not a small guard league. You know, I'm, I know a lot of Mavs fans were upset about Seth Curry leaving, but my, my God, you got to give, you got to give to get. And if you're giving, if you're giving a small guard to get a big wing, like that's the league, right? Like that's yeah. what we're, that's what we're here. Like, that's what you got to do. If, if we've learned nothing since LeBron joined Miami, it is a perimeter wing driven league and you need guys that can guard those guys. And they got three of them. So, well, well they got and one then- and potentially two. So I can't, I can't fault them for that. Like that's, that's a good execution of a vision that they had. Well, and then there's one more thing. This has happened during the course of our conversation. I've been paying attention to this because I, I was curious to see what would happen. Uh, a Houston guard by the name of Nate Hinton has accepted a two-way deal with the Dallas Mavericks, and he just announced it on his IG Live. I think that means that Antonius Cleveland, who really played some valiant minutes for the Mavericks uh, this season, older guy, probably his mid-20s, I want to say, He's probably not back with the team. Josh Reeves, there seems to be some some thoughts that Reeves is still going to be on another two-way deal. And Reeves is a smaller wing. Uh, uh, my, my guy Cosmos, who I had on, said that, that it should be illegal for the Mavericks to pad these two guys on the end of their bench. 
Um, I, I don't know anything about Hinton, but the uh, USA Today Rookie Wire's uh, headline says that that Nate Hinton has a simple NBA goal, quote, be the ultimate winner. Um, and so it, people seem to be really excited about that. Uh, and granted, you know, undrafted guys, it's, it's you know, the Mavericks had four, shoot, the Mavs had four of them in the playoffs this last year. So it's really, you know, I don't want to cast any stones that way, but it's 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 pretty fascinating that, that people seem to feel that the Mavericks had one of the better drafts this year. So my thought, I've been thinking about this for a while, uh, is, is twofold. So losing Seth is a little bit tough, but this is by and large a net win uh, because like you said, they address their weaknesses. But not only that, now the Mavericks have the framework for a team of, of, and I've been thinking about them in terms of just like a team of horses, for lack of a, a better descriptor, because this 72-game season is going to be a grind. And that can't be emphasized enough in having young players who are able to play. Seth Curry had an, a constant injury problem. He was just, I mean, he is a, He's in his 30s. He's older. He's 30. He was not going to be able. I, I wouldn't expect Seth to play more than 50 games this season. And he might be in a better role up in uh, Philadelphia. Now, his shooting is outstanding. And that much is something Dallas is going to miss. But that they now add three young, three younger guys to the roster. And I'm, I'm curious to, to what extent they actually make the roster. But I actually really do feel confident that all three are going to, to be on the team because Dallas can't afford to do the crap they had to do last year where they gave J.J. Barea minutes. That cannot be a thing. I know Rick likes these guys, but at a certain point, what the Mavericks, I feel, are doing is taking a small step back to take a big step forward if these guys can all figure it out. Because when you have the keys in Luka Doncic's hands, he's going to make people like this better, even if they're not the most... Uh, Terry is is obviously very skilled from what I'm reading, but the other two guys seem to, to be somewhat limited offensively. But if you're having them, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith couldn't play basketball three years ago. I, I, I feel these guys have better pedigrees, uh, to be quite honest. And and I'm really, this is just, I'm, I'm very jazzed at the moment. Uh, but, yeah. And that's fun. Yeah. And, and then another thing is they added three rookies that all seem to be highly regarded in terms of pedigree. And if you want to make trades, you, you got to have... You got to have some some young guys to entice other teams. Like, you know, I'm sorry, Mavs Twitter, but DeLon Wright and, and Justin Jackson are not going to get you a star player. You got to, if you want to swing for the fences with a third star, you need to include some intriguing young prospects that teams will, that will bite on. So that's like another part of it. Uh, and then the thing that I guess, if I want to circle back to what I'm potentially worried about, and it kind of goes back to the Green Bane thing, with Bain, I think a lot of it was also, as some of us uh, jaded Mavs Moneyball staffers know, you know, Rick Carlisle's tendency with rookies and, and how that works is we kind of knew Bain was like, Bain was Rick Carlisle proof, <laughs> if for lack of a better phrase. Um, so the fact that they could get him and be able to pl plug him in and play him and not have to worry about maybe his minutes getting jacked because he's an older player and a senior and Rick probably would trust him more. That, that went into it. And when you look at a guy like Josh Green, and you said it best, he needs minutes. He needs to play. Uh, he mm -hmm. needs to, and he needs to play as play as much as he can possibly with Luca. Even though he'll be coming off the bench, but if he can get minutes with Luca, if he can get open shots, if he can shoot a lot in game, get that rhythm, get repetition, uh, and, and start working on it. That's the key to success. And the thing that I'm worried about with a guy like Green or even Tyler Bay is. You know, as much as they might, we laud them on defense. If you know, if they're not hitting shots and the Mavericks are losing, is Rick going to trust those guys to play minutes if they can not be relied to hit a shot? And a lot of people will point at Dorian Finney-Smith and be like, Rick played him like the most minutes of anyone. You know, those three, those first three seasons, and now look at him. Yeah. Well, yeah, those three seasons the Mavericks were crap, uh, and they didn't really have anything else to do. The Mavericks are good now. And the last time the Mavericks were good and had a late first round pick was Justin Anderson and his minutes got jacked around and he was another guy that just needed time. And I'm not trying to say just, I know I've made that tweet and people are going to give me shit for it. And I, I probably should get shit for it, 
about saying, you know, Josh Green is Justin Anderson 2.0, but it's not about, you know, I think Green is a better is a better talent than than Anderson. But mm-hmm. it's more just like those type of guys like Josh Green, for them to get better, they have to play and they have to get some consistent minutes. They don't have to be big, huge minute guys, but they just have to play. And with the Mavericks being in win now mode, and we know how Rick Carlisle coaches in win now mode, I'm just worried that guys like Green and Bay he might look over them if the Mavericks are in a little bit of a, you know, a, a four and four stretch and their offense is struggling. Is he going to play those guys minutes? Or are they going to, you know, ride the, get DNP uh, CDs for a week or two, you know, that right. kind of stuff. So that's right. the stuff I'm worried about. Uh, mm. And yeah. that's, you know, that's just my irrational Mavericks. That's, you know, that's just years of watching what the Mavericks do. Uh, beat me into submission so who knows maybe that's different you know we don't know we'll we'll see this year and like you said the short schedule it might force rick's hand they might have to play even if he doesn't want them to because who knows you just got to keep guys like you got to make it you have to make it there and this is just the right mix um this is the kind of mavs team that i if i'm a betting person which i'm not because i'm bad at it but I, I think this would be the type of Mavs team you actually go bet on. They, I'm I'm feeling very 2002-2003 about these Mavs. And this is early. It's free agency. Lots of things could happen. Feeling bullish at the moment. Uh, I like it. And there's a lot to do from here. We have a, uh, you know, we're probably going to wrap this up because there's a lot more that we could talk about. But We didn't you know, even we, talk we, about Josh Richardson, really. <laughs> Yeah, and I I, I kind of want to circle back to Josh because because to me it's almost more free. You and I might that's circle the back biggest move of the night. To, yeah, go go ahead, go ahead then. I'm tired. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just I think he's kind of the perfect type of acquisition they needed in terms of like me and you both agree they needed another starter. And mm-hmm. in terms of acquiring another starter, doesn't he check all the boxes really? Like he's still in his prime. He's still young enough to where he is still has room to grow. Uh, he's 27. So he's, you know, he's not like raw young, but he's not sure. you know, in his thirties. Um, he played for Miami and Eric Spolstra. And if you get big minutes with Spolstra, you know, they, they know how to churn out NBA players in Miami. Um and he played well in Miami, and the Philly season is a blip that I know some people are worried about. But man, that Philly team last season—I just don't know how any player was supposed to like really thrive with what was going on there, and just how cramped offensively that team was. But outside of that Philly season, he's been a a, a plus shooter. Uh, his last season in Miami, Kirk—he averaged four point one assists and one point five turnovers per game. Uh, which I did not really think about him. I thought he was more of just a spot up kind of guy because I don't watch a lot of Miami and Philadelphia basketball. But I know Philly exactly. required him to do more than he was good at. Yes, which, yeah, yeah. So I think he has some he has some playmaking chops. He can make passes, and you can reliably stick him in the starting lineup. I think and expect him to guard the other team's best player and you know hit some shots on the other end of the floor. I mean, I I am a little curious about what this means for Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, because it's not a like for like swap when you when you get go and get this guy over over Seth because it's Seth was a a spot minutes six man guy who floated in and out of the starting lineup, and I think Richardson is a starting caliber player to you know, which is good. Like you said, the Mavs need more starters, but I'm just I'm really I I, I'm I'm Rick's going to have some tinkering to do. Uh, at yeah. a minimum and, he, and you know we go ahead oh sorry i was gonna say he fits in okay if they are committed to the Persingas at the five lineup because you just what it's it's luca hardaway jr richardson dorian and kp and there yeah. you go but if they need to get you know kp's not going to be healthy till january if they don't like kp playing the five during the regular season then you're right, Kirk. That's that's going to be interesting because if if you're starting another big next to KP, that means you can't start TH, THJ, yep. Dorian, and Josh. So, but this this goes to speak what you and I have talked about for almost four months now, where the Mavericks have had a number of guys in their rotation who are playing a slot up. Mm-hmm. This is a much better problem to have, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, you figure that sort of stuff out over the course of the year. 
and I think a lot of these problems sort of self-eliminate by the fact of what we've talked about with the the number of games. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not going to see – Rick Carlisle is never going to be able to stick to a starting lineup anyways. He's just too antsy. Uh, you're not going to see what happens with Denver where they have, like, you know, units midway through the year playing, like, 700 minutes together because – that was that's just never going to happen in Dallas. So so I'm I'm I don't know feeling feeling good about this. Um, I I just saw something and and I don't this is pretty wild to me. I want to call back to to Tyrell Terry. So I, I cracked on the guy for being small. Uh, what do you think the specs for for Dennis uh, new Lakers guard Dennis uh, Schroeder are for his height and weight? Wait, sorry, say that again. What do you, you want me to? How much yes, does, just how guess what. He? Yeah. Guess what do you, what you think Dennis Schroeder Schroeder's uh you know height and weight are? Six five uh two hundred? Nope. Six one one seventy-five. Man, he looks bigger on the court. So, yes. So, <laughs> and I'm throwing that's why I just I wanted to hark back to that real quick because at a twenty, you know, twenty years old, guys aren't who they are. You got to get these guys in NBA training rooms. That's just something I wanted to, to toss out there to anybody that's going to like me who earlier just looked at this and said, I outweigh Tyrell Terry by 70 pounds. What is happening? Um, anyhow, but yeah, that that's just what we were talking about with Richardson is just sort of the, the, the it's a good problem. And I, I think that, you know, some of this is, is still so hypothetical because there's a lot to happen tomorrow night. We'll hear more tomorrow. And then, you know, free agency starts or opens at 6 PM Eastern time on Friday. Um, you and I will come back and talk a little more probably tomorrow night, just as, as you know, I need the dust to settle. Like this is not processing all in my brain yet. Like I feel very good, but I don't really know what to do with it. Um, and, and we'll see what, you know, our staff's writing a bunch. You wrote something. Ryan is writing a really big piece on green. Uh, we have a, a quote board that'll go up from, from every, uh, from, I think both Terry and from green, we probably won't hear for bit from bags. It's going to take a couple of days for that trade to become official, I believe, or maybe, you know, at least a few hours. And then, uh, we'll have a little bit of a round table we have, uh, projected, and then on Friday, we're going to go full force into free agent profiles, even if, you know, we might not necessarily get, um, you know, some of these are like outlandish, but it's fun to write about other guys. So that's where we are. Tons and tons of Mav stuff. This is going to be quite the season. I am going to be a very annoying editor, but there's a lot of fun stuff to write about and we should should really enjoy it. You guys should, you know, let us know how we did here tonight, uh, you know, rate and review the podcast. Uh, send me and Josh messages if there's stuff you want us to talk about. There's just a lot going on. Do you have anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here, Josh? Uh, no, I think I'm good. I think I got everything out there. I, I feel, you know, I know people probably kill me on Twitter because I was very mopey about it early on, but I I am a fan of how the night ended. I'll just, yeah. just want to get that out there. This is outstanding. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, guys, I'm back. Uh, it's very late, uh, Thursday morning now. I uh, made Cosmos, uh, Brian Schrader, come back on our uh, show here to talk uh, the fact that the Mavericks just had one heck of a draft. Um, Brian, how you doing? I'm fine. Yeah. You like, did you uh, like the draft? What did you think? I mean, it was trade-wise, it was a slightly boring draft, but I'm always into the fringe guys. You know me. Sure, so, sure. I'm excited. Well, I'm just kind of waiting to finish my draft grade stuff until like these undrafted guys stop signing. <laughs> just sure. Too many. Sure. There's many a, there guys. is a lot of them. There's always one every year who has an impact. And then, and we saw that, that, you know, that seems to be the case every year. Um, who was the guy last year that Memphis picked up really late that you liked? Con, Con John Conchar. Yeah. Yes. John Conchar who went to my college. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, the, and then Memphis <laughs> and just he was did good. again. By picking up Killian uh, Killian Tilly, so it's like yeah. Memphis had an unbelievable draft. Well, let's let's talk about my my Mavericks here. So, 
They they selected uh, Freddie Gillespie got an Exhibit Ten contract, by the way, so that's not a guarantee. Okay, let's circle oh. back onto that one. Cool. Yeah. Sorry, I just saw that. <laughs> just saw that. So who who do you want to start with? Then let's go with Josh Green first. So okay. I don't really know much about him. Mm, he's a pretty great athlete, like especially laterally. And that's the thing they always talk about hips and like guys being able to move. He's like super explosive laterally. Like, he goes left to right really well. Uh, he does cool dunks. Like he's very just powerful dunker for like a six five six six guy. <laughs> um, the thing that's good about him, like he's a good passer. Like take a couple dribbles pass. He doesn't do too much. I think that was the thing kind of hurt him at Arizona because he came in with like this reputation as like an athletic scorer type, and then just kind of shot threes and attack closeouts and play defense. Like he didn't do much else. The okay. I think he'll shoot fine. The worry with him is he's just not a good finisher. Like he's one of those guys who tries to do like cool like a uh, he has no left hand layup at all, so he'll do like under the basket like reverses when he shouldn't. Like when he's got an open lane, scary stuff. Yeah, and I really think okay. he just doesn't have that timing and that like skill. But I mean, if he's gonna be getting lobs and like cuts, like I think it'll be fine. Like he's not gonna be t- attacking the basket a lot through closeouts, you know, or through like through traffic. So I think he knows what he's doing. He's gonna, you know, he's a fine passer. I think he could probably start, not now, right. but I think he probably will at some point. That that seems to be that seems to be kind of the consensus that. The Mavericks, and I want to talk about their plan more at the end, but they needed some wing depth, and yes. they have one. So he's now, a, they had he's one. A real, tonight, he's a real wing. He's a real wing. Yeah. Like he's a he's an actual wing. Like he can guard twos and threes. Yeah, which is, maybe some maybe some bigger guards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because Dorian's more of a forward guy. He's going to guard threes and fours. Right. He's a real good help defender, but like ball, like he's, he's awful on man, to be honest. He's in, he's cause he's, he's actually very gaunt and he's not very strong. <laughs> um, that, that dude, uh, there's something on him, uh, the, the, that he was like big into Australian rules football at one point. Like he looks like a hoss, like just kind of a, like a big beefy guy compared <laughs> to some of the wings I've seen. So, um, yeah, he's from, he's from Australia. He's like generally pretty well liked from what I've heard. Like pretty chill. Like I think he's just. I think he's he's a fine player. If he was the only guy they picked, I'd be like, you're banking a lot to like fill out your roster uh, with one guy. But thankfully, he wasn't. Well, let's pivot directly into the next one. So the Mavs had pick number thirty-one overall, and our Slack was freaking out that Desmond Bain was maybe going to be there. And then, of course, the Grizzlies swooped in and picked him, which left uh, the Mavericks. They seem to have a clear plan because. They picked Tyrell Terry, which I want you to talk about, and then we'll go to what they did after that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Bain was probably the guy they wanted. Um, you know, you can always use more wings. Um, but, like, Terry, I mean, Terry was obviously BPA for them, and he was BPA for most people. He's, he's. I mean, he got some weird hype about, like, being an athlete at, like, you know, 6'2", 160-something. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm sure he, he, you know, he had more dunks than some of the other taller guards, but he wasn't, like, a, you know, so CJ McCollum had a lot of dunks as a senior. That doesn't mean he's like an elite athlete. Right. But uh, Tyrell Terry is a shooter. He's a terrific off-ball shooter. And like just the, he he takes some he takes some heaves. Like he's I think he'll be every bit as good as Shamit or Seth Curry as a shooter. Now, whether or not he can get the playing time that Seth Curry got, I don't know. But I think he'll sure. fit. Perfect. Um he he's his big weaknesses is like he's not really like a pick and roll. Like he he Okay, he's a good pick and roll guard in that um, if he can force a guy to go under, he will shoot, mm-hmm. and like he won't, he will not hesitate, and that's always good. Um, but he's not; he has kind of like he's a weird thing where he's a good passer, but he's not like he he has to like stop and pick his feet up and to pass a lot of the time, and that really kind of hurt him as like a getting into the paint. He could finish fine, but that's not what we're gonna ask him to do. He's gonna shoot. Um, he's probably never gonna be good at defense, but you know he's six foot two. Right. What do you expect? Um. Yeah, I, I'm a fan. Like, I like Tyrell. I had him. I think 19, 20. Um, because like the physical limitations are going to be there. He's got good like, good like build and like length, but he's just not ever. He's an off ball guard who's going to shoot a lot. And I mean, it's a good fit. It's a good fit in this spot. Donnie Nelson in uh, in his in his uh, press availability described him as he can shoot the piss out of the ball, which you know Correct. made me laugh. And and that that was. 
the thing that you know we have big fans of Maxi and Dorian Finney-Smith in the Mavs world, but they those two getting among the top ten and open threes like that shouldn't be a thing that happens. Some of those threes need to go to players who can hit them. Uh, and and even if he play, he, I mean, he probably won't play very much. But even if he's just on the roster at all, yeah, I mean, there's another... there's a spot. I mean, uh, Trey Burke is. Is it was a multi, is he multi year deal or is he no. he's probably gonna be back? I, I don't think know. He, he he's kind of out there. He's one of those guys that that I don't I don't I don't think they know right now. Yeah, I imagine if they trade Delon, like it seems like they might do, then I think he could come. He could come back. Yeah, yeah. But, and then there's because I mean Carlisle loves guards. He really loves ball handling yeah. guards who make and decisions. There, there's kind of there's gonna be probably a decent market for Delon after some free agency dust settles and like there's teams that have mm. space and we're like, well, we'll give you like a future first or something. And I'm like, you do that. I would do that. Sure. Um, I don't know if I would take on money for, cause like taking on money for Delon is like, well, you're going to get it. You're not going to get a guy who's better than him. No, no, it's uh, it's like trading one negative asset for a distressed asset. It's, it's yeah. kind of what you're, what ends yeah. up happening. If somebody else just like, not can... a fit, but like Delon's mm. good. He'll be yes. good somewhere else. Like Atlanta could go after him or somebody. If they don't get Gallinari, which seems like right. they might, I mean they they have they they have they're the only team that really has money in the yeah, Detroit. Yeah, somebody somebody's going to do something with it. Well, then after that, things you know, I I had settled in to write you know uh, a short news post about Terry and sort of was ready to close up for the night, and then all of a sudden I get my phone is blowing up about Slack messages. The uh, the Mavericks ended up trading Seth Curry for Josh Richardson and the thirty sixth overall pick. Uh, who, where they selected Colorado's Tyler Bay. Now, Bay was another guy I just I knew nothing about because I didn't think that, that he was an option. Mm-hmm. Do you want I mean, Josh, I think people know about Josh. It's perfect for him. Does not have – because, you know, what killed him last year was that the Sixers are just so – anytime that Ben Simmons was not on the court, they, nobody could get into the paint, so they just made mm-hmm. Josh do it, and he's not very good at it. Yeah. Like, he can't like, – well, you know, when Josh is on the team like the Heat and, you know, he's the fifth guy, he'll do it fine. But he's just not – you cannot give him the ball and expect any kind of creation from him. Right. But that's fine because he can shoot fine, and he's still just a terrific defender. And, like, they need terrific defenders. Mm-hmm. What about – so, and so then, what does what does uh, Bay bring to the table? Uh, <laughs> so the comp people do because he played at Colorado and he's an undersized four is Andre Roberts, Robertson. And I get that. Bay is kind of a more of an advanced stats guy. Like he's a deflections monster. He had a, mm. a crazy offensive rebounder for a six-seven guy. Um, he is a forty percent shooter, but he doesn't shoot very much. Like he just would pass up shots when he need to. But he's just um, terrific athlete. Like really gets. I think he had the highest forty. He had one of the highest forty-inch verticals of anyone they measured this year. As much as I'm not sure, I believe some of those. Sure. But um, but it, it's on tape too. Like he's a big like. You know, offensive rebound dunk, like one motion, get way above the rim guy. Um, I don't know. If I guess if like if like Powell's not ready to play, which he probably won't be, he could get some minutes as just like the four as like a backup four. Mm-hmm. But I mean they they've they figured out how to make the uh, Dorian shoot, so I'm sure they'll make him shoot more. Like his sure. form is fine. Good at like just a really good kind of I don't think he can guard threes, but just kind of like a four five smaller, like, I mean, maybe like Brandon Wright is what he ends up being kind of, but like, you know, shorter, but just like mm-hmm. dunks, like lots of dunks. We'll shoot open threes. Should not ever dribble the ball, but like we'll get rebounds. Like he's six, seven, like two twelve, but he's really strong. Like He's just like a, like ripped dude. So I think, I think he could stick. Cool. I think he can be an extra like rotation guy eventually. Well, so the the thing that I don't think the Maverick fan base really understood is that Dallas last year for the they're very I don't I don't know if unathletic is the right term, but they didn't have any they didn't have very much speed. They had very little lateral like quickness on the entire roster. Yeah, and uh, then they got Josh Green and Josh Richardson who are terrific lateral athletes. Right. So, so it's like they they specifically targeted some certain things to help. Uh, really just bites at the apple in an attempt to figure out how to patch their defensive holes. Cause they're 18th in defensive ranking. And, you know, if you moving on from Terry, who I think was just best player available, the, these two guys seem to be it, attempts to figure out how to patch this hole. And then 
that as we found out in like the 15 minutes since you and I have, have been figuring out if we're going to do this podcast, they picked up two, uh, two more guys who I don't, um, the contract status is something I'm not really, uh, I'm mainly interested in the players themselves, contract stuff we can figure out later. They picked up, who's the Nate Hinton? Was that his Nate name? Hinton. Yes. Tell me of Nate. Cause I don't know. Uh, about him. That's not even a I, name I knew. He is one of my favorite players in this draft or any other draft. He's a, he is, I think, one of the best under six six rebounders I've ever seen in my life, uh, and another cr- incredible lateral athlete. He's not like a vertical athlete at all, and that's like probably why he didn't go very high. Mm-hmm. He also like Houston has a lot of ball handlers. Like they they played they played four guards, so he played power forward a lot. Um, let me go look real quick because I think he had an offensive rebound rate above ten, which is superhuman. Um, nine point seven nine point seven as a six four and a half shooting guard um he he should not like he just can't really dribble or create or much but he can shoot threes 38 percent um just like really 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 good like all the advanced numbers and just plays his like he plays hard he runs around like he's on fire and like uh he chases guys around screens like crazy he just has that knack for getting steals and getting he, he's a little bit like he, he's a little more I would say Josh Reeves, who should still be on the roster, is kind of more of a power guy. Mm-hmm. He just bowls. He just bowled other swings out of the way. Nate is more like a more slinky kind of get around, but he's still like six five, two like two fifteen. Like he's a big dude. Um, yeah, I think I think he's gonna like. I really think he's gonna stick. I had him top forty. I would have taken him. I mean, I would have taken him where like I, I kind of wanted to go to like Memphis or somewhere like that. He was gonna because he's just a monster rebounder. Sure, and great guy. Just like he's just really positive and just like he just plays really hard. He's a great guy to have. Like, there's he's a third. If it's you're saying bites of the apple to be like the main wing defender, I don't know if he could do it. Like, this year is a tough ask for any of these rookies because it's just such a quick turnaround. But like, I think, I think he will be a guy that Carlisle likes because I mean, he can't handle the ball, but he could play three four as a six five guy. Like, he could do that. Sure. And he's just good. I just really like him. I'm just a, a huge fan of him. I mean, you know, the athleticism gap is always big, but he's, like I said, he's really quick, like laterally. So it's not, not a problem. It's just, I think he's going to stick. I think he's going to be in the NBA for several years and just help. He's just a useful guy. So before we get to the last guy, I, I want to ask you a question. So the Mavericks run a drop scheme defensively and I think it's out of necessity more than anything else mm-hmm. but I also think Carlisle just likes running the numbers and seeing the opportunity but as more and more guards come into the league and ball handlers come into the league who are just able to shoot the ball I think drop is kind of a crazy proposition it yeah is, it, which it, is why it makes sense to draft a drop only big at number two overall <laughs> um, that poor guy um, he'll make millions of dollars. He'll be fine. Do you, um, do you think this is this is like these four guys? You know, the the five guys. Even do you think this is sort of an opportunity at, at, for the Dallas to reconsider their scheme stuff in a, in a few, like maybe later yeah. on in the season as they yeah, that might, that might be part of it. That that's probably part of it. Um, yeah, it's like it's it's they're just building. They're really compensating for Luca's lack of ability to really chase guys around screens and like. Lack of also, you don't want him to do that. Like lack of mm-hmm. that's not should not be something he does. Like ideally, he plays almost. He he can just like Russell Westbrook around and just kind of play defense when he feels like it because right. he's, he's a huge so person. Like being yeah. big is of, of some value. So if they get this other also, length on I the think, floor, especially if Powell is out and is not able to come back right, because mm-hmm. like you're not playing Boban big minutes. Like we all nope. love Boban. He should be playing right. You can always throw him out there regular season games, and if Kristaps doesn't play immediately, I think this really, really, really unlocks a lot of Luca at the. He's not gonna. No, he's not coming back. The first day he's expected to be cleared to play is like the first of the year. Yeah, and I mean, I, I know would it's imagine only a week February season. But yeah. I, I would imagine. Um, but this really, I think this, especially the Richardson trade, like these other guys, I think will, I think Terry and Green will probably be in the rotation like a little bit and then the other guys can probably work their way in i think they will like they're all nba players that's just why i'm excited about what they did but um yeah without chris thompson without powell you're going to see a lot of luke at the four and like you're going to play luke at the four then the the other guys the two the one two three guys better be able to play defense yeah and uh and like hardaway's i don't think hardaway's terrible so like that's fine 
Jalen Brunson's slow, but still fine enough, like depending right. on what your scheme is. And then Dorian, you know, Dorian's a good defender. Delon, if he's there, he's a good defender. And Max, he's a great defender. So like you need to have him, you need to have Luca be your worst defender. And like I like Seth Curry a lot and he was a great fit, but that's not the case if Luca if he's on the floor of Luca. Right. So I think that's why it's a good move. And Richardson kinda that's kind of their free agent pickup then, and that's you know, that's a fine pickup. He's very good at the things he does. Sure. Well, um, there's one more guy that they picked up. Uh, Baylor center uh, power forward, Freddie Gillespie. Freddie Gillespie. Tell me about him. What, what's what's um, the contract deal first from what you It saw? was a, an Exhibit 10, which is basically like a, a camp deal. But I think okay. it's, it's one that can be converted into a two-way. Okay. If they like him. And they should like him because he's good. So he, yeah, he, um, I think he was a junior college guy who didn't, play too much as a as a junior in Baylor because he's behind some other guys. Right. They had a guy named Tristan Clark who uh, actually just retired from basketball because he, he was a, honestly one of the best bigs in the country two years ago and then uh, blew his knee out and just could never get right, which is really a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gillespie just kind of had to play. like They didn't have a center this year, so they just threw him out there. He had a 127-0 rating and an 85-D rating. He was incredible. <laughs> Blocked all kinds of shots. Can shoot like he hasn't he hasn't shot threes, but he was a sixty eight. Uh, he's one of those guys who shot sixty eight percent from the line and shot a lot of like nineteen footers. So, like he'll shoot threes. Right. It's not. It's very easy to teach that kind of guy to shoot. Um, like a almost a ten BPM, good rebound. Like uh, yeah, I I said uh sixteen point two offensive rebound percentage. Like grabbed everything. Just and part of that is the way Baylor. When Baylor has this guy Mark Vital, who's like a six foot four power forward who boxes out the sun. You know, and that so those guys like uh you know, Baylor's kind of a rebound team, but like he just he just played really hard, very smart pick and roll defender, like moves pretty well for like a big dude. Um and apparently character wise, it's just like people love him. He's a great interview. Just like like I said, really smart, watches tape like crazy. And he's the he's the ultimate guy in this whole draft who just doesn't do anything he's not supposed to do. Mm. Gets rebounds, rolls to the basket, defense pick and rolls, block shots, shoots occasional jumpers when the you know the ball kind of goes to him that way, but he doesn't force it at all. I, I really like. I think I really think he's going to be in the NBA at least as like a backup center. I mean, you don't you don't put up what would he put up like he put up like thirteen and thirteen in the Big Twelve mm-hmm. per forty. You don't do that if you're not talented. Now I don't know. He may be a guy who just gets kind of squeezed out. Because like there's so many replacement level bigs, but right. it's an exhibit. It's an exhibit ten contract. Take a shot. Like he could be. He's not. I don't know if he's the kind of athlete Dwight Powell was, but he, he could be. He could be backup center like immediately. Because he just is a big. He's a big dude too. Like he takes. He takes contact super well. I think he's an NBA center. If even so, if he's just like a twelfth man, I think that's good value. This is good stuff. This is deep dives. So overall, we we feel that the Mavericks have done. Great. Probably about as well as they could have given the opportunities in front of them. <laughs> they they I, did they did they are building. They know who their guys are, and they're building around those guys because Porzingis, especially too. I think you need more like perimeter defenders around him because yeah, you know, you know him and Maxi. If guy gets if somebody gets into the paint, they can block like they'll block it. Yeah, you know, they, they'll they'll get that and like. Boban will block shots. People go right at him. So, like, they, you know, I don't think the interior defense is a huge concern. Luca's big enough that he kind of walls people off. And, like, they just can't, like, it really happened a lot in that, like, that, that Clippers series. They got burned a mm-hmm. lot. I mean, they got, they got Lou Williams pretty bad, but, like, they were letting crippled Paul George get around them a lot. And it's just, like, you can't be doing that to a guy who looked like he was 15% of his normal self. Right. I don't know. It's it's just they they know what they need. They don't need scoring. No. <laughs> they don't they don't need creation. They have maybe the best shot creator in basketball on their team. If it's not him, it's Harden. And like I, I think they'll be fine. Like I think I think they will still score. And that's why you have Hardaway for. Like you know, Yeah. And he's a great third guy and, and Jalen Brunson can get shots if he needs them. So yeah. I I don't think shot creation is an issue. It's all it's never an issue for Rick Carlisle. No, That's what no, doing. he he makes chicken salad out of chicken shit all the time. So it's 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 pretty fun. I'm I I think to a certain degree 
teams are going to have to kind of toss out tape that they have on the Mavs because mm-hmm. Har- I, I even think Hardaway kind of might be up in the air in terms of whether he takes yeah. the deal or not. Um, there, there's just a lot of interesting things there where they could go with the team right now. But if you have your core piece in Luca, and then everything else is is more or less interchangeable, which is what Donnie Nelson actually told the Dallas Morning News about three weeks ago, then you, you really just go from there. And this is quite the start. I'm going to be really interested to see what they do tomorrow and Friday. Yeah. Probably not yeah, much, it's, but it's, it's hard to think. Like, this is, this stuff's happening in like three, like four and a half weeks that the season's going to be starting. Yeah, yeah. Free agency starts in 40, 40, yeah, 40 hours from now, actually. So this is bananas. Yeah, um, I mean, if Hardaway goes, there's more money to work around with and maybe sure. go after like a Gallo type or I don't know. Yeah. Who's even out there still at this point? Bogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> right. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, all right. Well, I appreciate you coming on tonight. Mm-hmm. It is almost it's just after two my time, so I should be getting to bed. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's. I got some writing to do. Yeah. Good luck. Thanks for coming on. All right, guys, everybody have a good week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.